Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. Uh, I'm Connor, here with Mike as always, and we're also joined by a special guest today, Andrew McNeil. Uh, so we'll uh, hear from him in a bit as well. But the topic that we're wanting to talk about today is comforting loved ones as they grieve. And um, we've had uh, some people pass away in the church recently, and of course that's always happening in our lives. So just want to weigh in on that. And uh, Mike, maybe let me just... Let me just um, kick it over to you. Do you want to give us maybe some context Mm -hmm. for this in terms of life right now or just general things that have been on your mind with this? Mm -hmm. We have had a number of funerals and some were from sickness. Others were someone dying from uh, uh, taking their own life. So it's extremely uh, painful for family and friends. And death is always, we, we see death and it's, it's, it's disorienting because it's unnatural. It came in because of the fall, came in because of sin. And, uh, you know, we have hope in Christ for the believer where Jesus said, if, if you believe in me, you will live even if you die. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as Paul said. But for the unbeliever, there is no hope of that, and they will be spending eternity in hell. So we have this life or death thing that hits us when there's a believer we grieve with hope, as First Thessalonians 4 tells us, and we're able to comfort one another and, and encourage one another with the words of, of, of even rejoicing in the gospel. But then if there's someone that we know wasn't a believer or we don't know kind of where they landed, you know, only God knows, Second Timothy 2.19, the Lord knows those who are His, but let, let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. So if you love Jesus, you'll live following Him obediently. And so if there's someone you know that... You don't know what happened at the moment of their death and all of that, so God knows. But we don't want to give you know any false hope. And so there's this grieving that happens, and it's this almost like two sides of grieving. There's one group grieving that's going through the same exact pain with an internal hope um, that are, that's scriptural and, and solid and secure. There's another group that grieves, and because of unbelievers, let's say believers grieve for the unbeliever who dies and and then has a double grief in the sense that they are crushed over the thought that this person will be in hell. So you've got this, this really tough thing that's going on. And then that's not even to say, how about the unbeliever who has the unbelieving relative die? And, you know, it's like there is no comfort for the wicked. There is no hope for the wicked. And it's like you do some human comfort and you try to make them feel better, but it's not an eternal hope that the believer has. So there's a lot going on there. And I think to sift it out, I think we would just focus today on most of the people listening to us. And we have a heart for the unbeliever. We, if you're an unbeliever listening to us, uh, you need to know there's a sovereign God who is holy and righteous and must punish sin. We are sinful, separated from God. Our sin has caused our death spiritually and um, that we, we must believe in the only substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for our sins. And we must surrender to him. We must rely on him and believe in him and all of that. So we have a heart for the unbeliever. But let's just say, we're going to address this primarily from a believing standpoint, that the believer who has a loved one die. And if they're a believer, you know, you grieve, you have hope, you have comfort, you rejoice even in the gospel. But if they're an unbeliever, you grieve and you preach the gospel. So that's, I think that's probably where I'd want to go. Um, the pain of, of loss is heavy when someone dies because of the finality of it. It's appointed that the man wants to die and that the judgment, as Hebrews 9 tells us. So that's what we're dealing with. This is a question for, for either of you, but just to speak to that second category, um, 
I, it seems like it's, I mean, it may be the most painful thing a believer, <clears throat> excuse me, most painful thing a believer can experience to have a loved one die and knowing that love, that loved one's not a believer. So any, any thoughts about either pastorally, how the pastors and elders in a church would encourage somebody in that situation or just anyone in the body, how believers would care for each other when something like that so painful has happened. Someone you love has passed away and there was no indication that they trusted the Lord. Um, that's just such a, such a painful time. So any thoughts about that from the perspective of pastor encouraging or, or the congregation encouraging one another? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Um, Mike, I'm thinking of actually two instances uh, that we were both at um, just different things over the course mm -hmm. of ministry. And the analogy that comes to my mind is almost like, like Connor to your question. Uh, <clears throat> when the, when the loved one dies, it's like, it's like the, the storm has come. And when it's rainy and windy, it's so loud, you can't hear each other. And like it, the, the time for like logical explanation is not then. And at both the times I'm thinking of Mike, it was so painful for the families and I, I was at a total loss. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just sat like, I, I think we sat for hours and mm -hmm. didn't actually say a word. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe before, or maybe quite a while after you can process with them and kind of logic through kind of what the scriptures say and remind them of hope. But in the moment, I, I, sometimes it's just like, you just sit with them in the pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm not sure what I would add to that. I don't know if there's a lot beyond that other than you sit and if there's opportunity, maybe you, you give an encouragement or something, but mostly it's just being there. Absolutely. And this is what Job's friends did, right? Sat with him for a week, right? For days just, and just sat in silence. I remember when a, a good friend of mine years ago, his father committed suicide and I got the news about probably, I think maybe two in the morning and just went over to uh, the house he was living at with the family. It was when my friend was uh, in college still, hadn't married his wife yet. And he was at this one family's house, probably maybe a mile from my house. We were all in the same church and he was one of our staff members and uh, we just sat there. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to help. I didn't, I was just praying, but I just sat there. And I really didn't go in thinking what Andrew just said, like, of oh, just sit in silence. And he told me later, he said, that was the absolute best thing anyone's ever done for me. That was the best thing you could have done. And I remember sitting there thinking, I am a sorry comforter because I can't, I don't have a word to say right now. And, and I knew his dad pretty well, actually. And his dad had tried it uh, on his life one other time. So it was a, it was a long, you know, standing thing. And, and so when it finally happened, it was like, it was crushing. But sitting in silence, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the storm shock with believers, you know, I think being too quick to speak comes sometimes come across a little like not reading the room right or being a little tone deaf. Like, well, at least he's in a better place. And it's like, well, you just dismissed. You just jumped me from storm shock to after the storm to later on remembering. Well, you know, you took me three weeks um, down the road and I'm not there yet. I'm still on day one. So I think, again, immediately, like, like Andrew was saying, storm shock, I like the, that picture. Right, right away, just, just sit and just see, just see how it goes and just be very careful and gentle with the kind of words you choose. And then after the storm, you know, and especially people want to remember. People don't want everyone to forget about their loved one who died. Mm 
And so to be able to speak of them by name, um, there's a good friend in the church that, um, you know, uh, the wife of one of our elders who died. And to be able to say, I still remember Jeff, and I remember this, I remember that, that's important. I think it's important. Um, it's not like you're trying to make them feel bad. They're thinking, wow, they remembered my loved one. So, Have you ever, um, again, to either of you, have you ever run into any, anyone, I'm thinking of a believer, who almost, it's like they feel that they can't let themselves express the full range of emotions in terms of grieving and, and losing someone because they might snap to uh, kind of a theological reality well they're with the lord now and and maybe it kind of suffocates feelings that could be there of grief or pain or loss and how would you think of maybe encouraging that kind of person maybe i mean do you ever do you ever see that am i i feel like i have but yeah i could be wrong on that as well yeah re rephrase yeah just I'm catching what you're saying but just rephrase it let me quick. sorry that was pretty wandering yeah i would just say because we have this hope that mm -hmm. somebody who we know who who does know the lord has died and gone to be with christ mm -hmm. Maybe we could almost, someone could not appropriately grieve that loss right. because they just immediately snap to, oh, they're, they're with the Lord now. Oh, and, yeah. um, so any thoughts about how to encourage that kind of person? Yes. Um, there's, I've seen that plenty of times where the person goes immediately into almost uh, trying to support, fixer mode, trying to be the support for everyone else and being strong. And everyone around them knows there will come a time when they can't do that. Now, in your place in your family, sometimes you have to do that and that you have to have your friends there for you later and, and be able to unload. There has to be someone who's like got it all together in some sense, if that makes sense. People take roles in families, but I would say that I wouldn't, I would still walk with them and I haven't corrected that many times at all. There's been a few times where you were able to say, you know, you need to eat some food or you need to help, let us help you. Or there's little things you can say without saying, you know, you're trying to take over right now because you're not wanting to grieve. And da, 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 da. We say that behind the scenes. We, go, we know that they're not really grieving right now, but it will come because that shock, everyone deals with shock in a different way. Some people leap into a mode of helping other people. Some people want to be helped. And I think that's just personality types and what have you. And I'm not too worried about that. Um, the only time you're worried about it is when you, you know you need to be worried and you see something that's really... Um, concerning and then you can address those after you know weeks down the road or even days days or weeks down the road but those things happen in private and those things happen with trusted friends mm. yeah what difference again to either of you what difference do you see in loving and coming alongside people who have lost maybe i'm thinking of someone who's lost a parent at a stage of life where there's grief, but it might be more expected. And then on the other side, somebody who's maybe lost a child, a brother, a sister, somebody, somebody at a stage of life where it wouldn't necessarily be so expected, maybe a, an unexpected sickness. Is there a difference in how the church would come alongside people in either position, a spouse, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew, any thoughts? Yeah. Some of this is just going to be um, kind of on the more practical side, but I think <clears throat> when, um, when it's someone who's lived longer and is, like you said, maybe a little bit uh, more expected, there's usually not that, like, devastating sense of, like, why. Because we all might not want to say it, but we all know, like, death is coming for all of us. And um, and so, yeah, the, it's it, there's a bit more of you, you support, you love, you care for them, um, but but it's not quite as, as devastating. Whereas in the other scenario, um, 
yeah, there's there's going to be probably a greater need and call within the church to support with things like meals and, and practical care and people to, to, yeah, just come sit with you and um, eventually, as Mike's saying, in the right time um, to process some of through that, that you know, why. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm now just adding, just to add, but um, there's, as people comforting, there is a desire to feel like we're being good comforters that makes us want to rush the process where it just takes time sometimes Mm -hmm. really long and it's really uncomfortable and you feel like you're not being a good comforter like mike said um i never feel like i'm being a good comforter but that you just can't rush if you rush it you assuage your own guilt at the expense of the other person who's actually grieving Mm -hmm. um so i don't know sometimes it's just time (laughs) yeah anything you'd add to that mike that's helpful andrew yeah, I remember when my grandfather died and I was in high school and my grandmother, Melvadine Mary Howell, um, just so loved. I loved them so much and I missed my grandfather so much. But I remember my grandma, we would never have said to her, Grandma, just get over it. After, you know, so many years of marriage, I would say that she never got over it, but in a good way. She never remarried. You know, she was older. and But there was just this constant love for my grandfather that had passed and I think that's that was like kind of wonderful to watch not ooh, that's weird you know I think it does make a difference if someone had a long illness some you know slow burn cancer versus a severed limb okay if if you if your leg gets cut off that's immediate shock where if you know someone's been sick for a long time I've had people tell me before I'm good because we've been waiting for a long time for this merciful moment. Hmm. And they, they've cared for the caregiver. Someone said to me recently who lost their husband after a long uh, cancer bout um, several years ago, a man that was a member here. And his wife said to, to us, to Angela and I recently, um, being a caregiver for a loved one who is dying is really, really hard. Hmm. And that's just the understatement of the year. Okay. And the thing is, um, she empathizes now with anyone who's caregiving, but when that caregiver watches them literally in micro increments die, that by the time they die, there is a relief, a merciful relief from God that now when they're a believer, they are free and they're with Jesus. And yes, I miss them. And yes, I wish they were still here. But I saw this go on, and so it was a mercy for God to take them. So I think it really the shock of losing a child in a moment is quite different than the very long, slow watching of a young a loved one die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the response is different then in terms of their response and our helping. We're still going to help, and we're just going to be right there for them and not act like we won't say, oh, yeah, isn't it merciful? We're still going to be just as concerned and just as present, but let them express what they need to express. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say, um, this is maybe a little bit of a left turn, but kind of to that, that theme of listening, I think one of the ways that God can use an unexpected death um, or, or, or one like you're talking about after a long illness you can when someone is able to be honest in their processing and not gloss things over with kind of niceties or you know theological um, you know just just kind of catchphrases you can get a, it it gives like a really kind of 
a stark picture of what the gospel has done in someone's life and how it gives them hope. I was thinking, Mike, of you sent some blog posts that a pastor was writing. This is a few years ago now, but his wife had died unexpectedly. I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but really impactful because he was writing these like just, it was like deep grieving and just kind of almost like lamentations style processing, just trying to kind of make sense, not even make mm-hmm. sense, but just to express how he was feeling. But it kind of can really give you this jolt of reality, you know, and really kind of like just like anything that was there in that person just kind of stripped away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is who they really are, but you're still watching God work in their life through that. So all that to say, obviously most believers wouldn't necessarily be doing something in a public fashion like that, although they might with social media, but mm-hmm. to be able to listen and to to be someone who receives some of that processing, it can be a blessing to the person who's with them as well yes. to see that reality. Yes, and I think different generations, there's been different ways that we process death and grief. And in earlier generations that I was experiencing, see, when my grandparents were dying, was more of a stoic acceptance of a fact of life. Very painful, but not as outwardly expressive of what they were going through. That you would even sometimes maybe want to draw it out a little bit, but on now, um, I've got a friend whose wife just died um, about a month ago, and he lives in a different part of the country, and he, on social media, is processing it. And it's, it's, it's probably very helpful for a lot of people where he's expressing what it's like for him to live a day, to live Christmas, to live um, this week in light of knowing Christ and, and his wife's hope in Christ. And it's, it's sweet. It's like he's, but we have this opportunity now to, he can process it out and people can read the post or not, you know, they can pass it on if they want, but it's helping him the most. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a word for someone else in there. But I think now we're living in a time where it's more, let's process the, the real feelings that we're going through because we're more in tune with our feelings. And that can, that can be, you know, taken to an extreme and all that. But I think it's also can be a very healthy thing Mm. uh, to help people process yeah, that people feel free to do that. Well, let's do this, guys. We want to come to a close soon. Um, I'm going to give you each an opportunity. You don't have to take it. Any final thoughts, though? Maybe we'll start with Andrew, go back to Mike, and then I'll close us. But, Andrew, anything else that you would add before we, we close? Yeah, I guess the only thing um, <clears throat> I would add is is maybe um, as believers, we know God's going to bring pain in our life. And so um, as you pray, as you read Scripture and, and, and kind of live your life now— um, Put, I don't know the right analogy. Put put savings in the bank. Put emotional, spiritual savings in the bank, so that when that storm comes, um, you can respond like like Job did. And the Lord gave, the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, now's the time to kind of prepare for those those things. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, going kind of flowing right along with what Andrew just said, I'd say you know um, we never feel prepared but the Lord does prepare us and that we, you know, go with the flow of grief and, and for the believer hope in Christ and the comfort that is abundant in Christ and the encouragement you receive from the body of Christ and truly rejoice maybe in the most quiet of ways in your heart for gospel hope and gospel mm-hmm. truth and then preach the gospel that you would allow um, the gospel to be preached in that moment because what I find with uh, most believers who have believer believers uh, relatives die, you know, be- believing relatives die, they're saying, please preach the gospel strong at this service. 
because there's so many unbelievers that will be there. We want them to know the hope in, that they could have mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. I think Mike, I would just to add to that, Mike, and then we'll close. Just say in times where, the, where we're not in the middle of the storm, we can remember like we just have such amazing resources to draw on in Christ. And you think of unbelievers by comparison. I'm just sad sometimes seeing posts of like, I know he's up there still, you know, swinging the bat or, or something like that. And it's just like, um, we have, we have greater hope. So, you know, just, um, if we can anchor ourselves in that in times when things are more still, maybe prepares us for those painful times. But guys, thank you for being with us. Andrew, especially thanks for jumping on, uh, listeners. We love you and we're thankful for you. And we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you.